0: My next guest started out in a band called Bleach Bear in her early teens. After a few years, she took a hiatus and found herself beginning to travel the world. She recently switched to pop music and has released two singles, New York and Lisbon. Introducing Tiger Lily. Back everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Tiger Lily. You
1: <laughs> I'm doing well.
0: <laughs> good, good. So right off the bat, with all this whole pandemic going on, you know, people calling it the Kung Flu, just racism all around the corner. Like I personally seen racism, and I could tell. Probably you, being an Asian American woman, has probably seen racism with this also. And I just love to open the floor starting off with that like is there any stories or any experiences you've seen in these past it's been like six to eight months now so
1: yeah I'd say for me it was really it's really been a time just to kind of like educate myself because I mean I've seen racism but I mean the stuff that's going on I mean it's obviously disproportionately affecting um, like African-American people and so and my manager she's an African-American woman and so I mean just I mean I spend like more time with her than anybody else especially like during quarantine Mm -hmm. so I was really getting to see and like kind of learn from her like just I guess just listening and realizing the like the things that I didn't understand and just being able to educate myself she just kept saying like like you i mean i think everyone has an opinion on things but i mean like when you're not really the one being affected you have to kind of take a step back and really listen to the people who are being most affected by what's going on so i was just i was listening to a ton of podcasts actually like code switch i love race wars all of that um going to the protests of course and then i mean in seattle they've been pretty pretty crazy (laughs) um Uh Uh but yeah uh I had all my my songs coming out like kind of launching as an artist during this period too so that was kind of a weird it was kind of a weird time i mean i was trying to figure out like what what can i kind of do to help beyond just going to the protest beyond posting on my social media so um for both of the songs that came out we did like benefit concerts so the first um we raised money for um the marsha p johnson institute and the second was for the audrey lord project So that was just kind of like a small way. Um, And we had all um, artists of color performing at the first one. And so just trying to think of ways. But yeah, no, it's definitely been an interesting time and a really rough time. Yeah.
0: For For sure. That's crazy. So how'd you do your benefit concert? Was it virtual or was it all in person?
1: Yeah, it was on Instagram live. So... Um, and I had never gone on Instagram live before that. So like the logistics, it was like very, it was very interesting. We based, and I think a lot of the artists we had, they had never done like a content on Instagram live either. And the first one we did, we were pretty ambitious with it. We had like eight different artists, a lot of them from like Seattle. Um, and we basically just lined it up back to back. So we had like a sound check virtually the day before on someone's like Finsta. And then like the next day it was like, everyone was just like, you have to be on, we'll log you on and It actually went pretty smoothly. So yeah we did it again for
0: the uh the second song that came out wow i have a weird thing like i never go on anyone's live because i feel like it's the the point is for people to like watch what someone's doing on live but i feel like it's so weird to just be staring at someone through my phone versus actually being there so i'm like anytime i see anyone's like live icon pop up on my notifications i'm like I feel like such a stalker if I actually want to see what they're talking about. Yeah,
1: it's kind of a weird dynamic because like you're live, everyone else is like completely silent, just like watching you, but you're not interacting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I always accidentally click into people's lives. Like when I first log into Instagram, and I'm yeah. always like, oh no, get out, get out.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel that. So are you currently like in New York or are you in Seattle right now?
1: I'm actually in Los Angeles right now. Right.
0: Los Angeles. Yeah, you, completely. yeah the, last,
1: the last like two weeks I came, well, I came down with um, a friend of mine and I was just going to come for the weekend. And now I've been like living on their couch for like two weeks because I, I really like it here. Um, oh, so now wow. I'm thinking maybe I should like relocate. I don't even know. Um, but yeah, I guess it's been it's been a lot of different places because right before like I guess like back in March, I was living in New York and then I went to Seattle And I guess now I'm in L.A., but I can't say I live in L.A. I'm on this couch, so.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Well, I guess that probably makes a well-rounded artist, though, because those are like the main Seattle's on its way to being like a music hotspot. But like there's Seattle, New York and L.A. They have so many different types of vibes, you know, like isn't it supposed to supposedly like one's faster, one's slower and one's like medium or something like that? Yeah. And I, <laughs> I forget how the order, but yeah, I don't
1: know. Which especially, which. Like when I'd imagine Seattle's <laughs> got to be like the most chill out of them. I mean, LA and, and New York are just so big. I mean, LA, especially, I feel like feels like even way larger than like New York. Um, because I, after a while in New York, you just kind of I started to think of it as like, okay, there's Manhattan and then there's Brooklyn, like it's just like two neighborhoods. But, um, I feel like the music seems definitely a different vibe. And that's part of why I wanted to like, when I was like um, kind of launching the second phase of an artist and doing my pop stuff versus the rock stuff, I wanted to go back to Seattle instead of recording stuff in New York. Cause I really like, I really like the vibe in Seattle. And I mean, the music community is more tight knit there. So it felt like a good place to go back to.
0: Mm. Is Seattle I actually looked this up this morning. Cause I wanted to see, which cities are like what genre is the most prominent in whatever city. So like New York, of course, like hip hop's like the number one. And then like pop's kind of mixed in a little bit of rock. And then when I looked up genre for Seattle, of course, it's like grunge and like even like classical or or, orchestral or anything like that. But like there was no, there's like two pages of just like different types of words to say symphonies basically. But there was no mention of hip hop. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But there was no mention of pop either. Yeah. And from my perspective, I feel like there's maybe like a bigger hip hop scene than pop scene, but what do, what do you feel when you look in, look at Seattle?
1: Yeah, no, that's actually interesting because I, well, I mean, I'm definitely not like a music historian. I'm like 22, but like, like my favorite <laughs> topic is like when people ask me about the Seattle music scene because I always viewed it as like, I mean, you had like in the 90s, like your grunge wave and then you had like, I feel like there's a huge folk wave that kind of came after that with like the head and the heart and, and like Damien Gerardo and all of that. And then there was, I feel like almost like a miniature, like, like, I, well, I guess it's also kind of from the nineties, like the girl band wave and you had a bunch of bands like taco cat and the lose. And like, I guess I consider like the, the, my band bleach bear as that was kind of happening at the same time. whereas a lot of girl bands and this almost kind of like surf rock sound. And then I felt like hip hop really started taking off because then I mean, like thrift shop came out and you have Travis Thompson and Paris Alexa and all of that happening. Um, but I don't, Yeah, Raz Simone, all of that stuff. And I feel like that's when I think of Seattle now, that's what I think of. I think of all the hip hop music that's coming out of Seattle as being like the most prominent thing right now. But I guess when I talk to other people about it, they're all like, there's hip hop in Seattle. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool because it's still it's still still kind of underground, but it's still popping off, too.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I don't know if many people associate Little Mosey with Seattle or not. And then when people really think like at the top of their head, if they say there's like a hip hop artist, they think of like Macklemore, but I don't think a lot of people really associate him with hip hop, even, even though he is. Yeah. It's like, it's weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's interesting. It's, it's fascinating how much like Seattle's scene kind of like fluctuates. And I feel like, I feel like things kind of go in waves because like, hopefully you hope that with like the community people are kind of bringing each other up with each of these kind of waves of music and I mean like a lot of those artists that like we listed off like they all are friends are all collaborating on each other's tracks so I feel like we're seeing that come up but I don't know it'll be interesting to see like what if it kind of stays like that and if that scene keeps growing or if it just completely goes into something new
0: Mm -hmm. well like in New York and LA or Atlanta like radio is pretty huge there still and From my understanding, from like working at like radio stations in Seattle, it's like all like top twenty. Whether it's ninety two point five or even like Cube ninety three, it's usually the top music. Not even like 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 they like to say it's like the top one hundred, but it's not even the top one hundred. It's more like the top twenty. But maybe like it's implanted in your mind without even realizing it that you're trying to make music that will get on the radio. And like the past fifteen years, it's been like poppy or hip hop. So maybe that's how our music scene evolves is looking at how the radio in Seattle and overall is shaped because we have a very generic radio sound in my opinion in Seattle.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like it's probably generic across the board because I know like when I was looking into radio, that's like, that's something that's super hard to break into if you're like an emerging artist. Um, and I think, yeah, that's something that I feel like is kind of hard as an artist is like making music, but like not and like not because I feel everyone wants their music to be heard but then being able to separate out what you're making for like for the radio and stuff to get on the radio versus like what is true to you and I think there's a I don't think it's like 100 percent either way I don't think I think it's it's kind of this in between um so that's been something I think about with my music but yeah no I think that's definitely influences it like whatever is going on and what's popular and what you're hearing that's people tend to gravitate towards that and I mean you even see that like with yeah, you see that all the time with like bigger artists like somebody will drop something that blows up and then everybody's kind of like on that wave yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah like drake but he like anytime there's any wave drake just hops on but he kind of like <laughs> does the best it's it's he just destroys just, it though, yeah, in a good way it. it's okay so, it's crazy it's just it goes from wheelchair jimmy to drake but yeah <laughs> So do you feel like as an artist, pop is one of the easiest genres to break it into radio with? Because I feel like a pop, maybe country versus... But if you're like in a lower income area, you're not really listening to country. But do you think pop is kind of like has a very big mass appeal type audience? Or do you think it's just as hard being in any other yeah. genre as pop?
1: I mean, I guess I've seen like both sides of it. Because before I was like doing music that was like so... Like, I guess, I mean, it could have been way more obscure than it was, but it was pretty niche. I was doing kind of like this like 1960s inspired, like surf, grunge, rock, dream, pop grunge. That's what we called it, which is very kind of like niche and odd. Um, And then we like and then I did this like 360 and started making like pop music. Um, And I'd say that there's pros and cons to both, because I think. I mean, like at least with my friends, I think like there's a broader audience of like my friends now that kind of like, like they mess with my music and they enjoy it now that I'm doing something that's more pop based. But I think also you get a lot of, um, I guess like from the, like from other like music listeners like that like bloggers and radio and stuff, like people are very judgmental if you're a pop artist. Like if you're not like a pop artist and you're not like, you're not like Katy Perry or like Taylor Swift, just like knocking it out of the park. People, I think people really judge you for doing pop music. it's like it's yeah i feel like it's like almost yeah whenever people are like what genre are you like it's i'm always like ah like should i tell them like (laughs) i'm i always like i always like put in a disclaimer i'm like i was in a grunge band but now i do pop music because i feel like especially if you're like a woman in pop music people are just like they they just very quickly i think have a lot of stereotypes that they associate with that assumptions they have
0: what are some stereotypes that you've seen through that
1: like one of the stereotypes is just like you don't actually have any musical skills like you're just like a singer and that like there's someone who's written this song like someone produced the song you just like hopped on the song like that you're not really an artist you're just kind of like an influencer who's like doing music um yeah i get a I get a lot of i get a lot of those <laughs> so i mean and like for me it's so weird because i mean i think a lot of people probably get feedback like that but I mean, like, I guess coming from like my background, like I've been doing music since I was like 12, 13 years old. Like when I was in high school, I was like playing all the like old school venues in Seattle, like El Corazon and like Crocodile, yeah. um, Numos. Like I, I grew up playing like those shows like every weekend and like driving out to the cuts to sing on like random tracks. And like I just and like hauling my drum set and pa- and like pedal board everywhere. So like it was not that's like totally not how it's been. But I feel like when people hear and especially because it's like a new project, so like. A lot of these songs are new like people are like oh you've been like an artist for like a month like you just like are an instagram influencer Mm -hmm. who like just dropped two songs like they're like i didn't even know you did music like i thought you were just an instagram influencer so it's just like who like does cover songs so i think that's definitely something that i've like had to kind of like combat that image which i know is unjustified but i think like outsiders it's that's just what they associate when they like see a girl doing pop music
0: but yeah i think you're on the right track when it comes to like these Instagram influencers. Cause there's definitely a lot of those that like maybe have like a, you know, there's like the, the like YouTube families that make a fuck ton of money. Cause they have like their kids that are so cute and they're always buying them gifts or whatever it is. And there's like the perfect influencer family. And then like the husband tries to like drop a song or some shit like that. You always see things like that. Yeah. So they definitely give actual people who want to be a pop artist a bad name. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so hard. Cause I mean, like, Nowadays, you have to leverage social media, but you are, you have to do it in a way where people don't discount you as an artist. And that's like, I feel like there's a thin thin line there. And there are a ton of people who are just dropping. I feel like we're just dropping songs because they're like famous on TikTok or whatever. And like, okay, let's just drop whatever. So yeah, it's an interesting time in music because I feel like we're in this like, just like this instant, in, like Instagram or influencer age right now. mhm
0: so you have a TikTok? Do you promote your music on there as well, or because you have two singles out, do you, can you even do that yet? Or
1: I could, I should. My manager keeps telling me I need to do that. I have I haven't been on it because I got so I got like so tired of TikTok after like a month. I like haven't like logged back in since like before the like my first song dropped. But I'll I'll be back. I'll be back on there.
0: Hmm. So how do you go about marketing? Because you're from Seattle, you've moved to New York, and then you move. You're in L.A. now, but you've also like had a ton of different traveling experience behind you. Have you picked up certain marketing skills that maybe local artists are not privy to or anything like that? Or how is your process different compared to others?
1: I mean, I guess with me. So I went to business school and I went to business school because I wanted to learn how to like market my music. I honestly didn't learn that in business school, but after I, after I got out, I was like, okay, I have like, kind of like a base of like, I understand kind of like how this works. And I also like worked in, like I like interned in the music industry at some like labels and management companies when I was in New York. Cause I was like, I need to figure, figure this out. Cause I, I mean, I really didn't do any marketing when I was in the rock band, like absolutely nothing at all. Um, and I guess some things that I realized is like a lot of the stuff you can kind of do yourself like reaching out to like press, reaching out to radio, reaching out to um, like submitting to playlists. Like I think submit hubs, a great resource, just leveraging like your network, figuring out, um, I guess just like who your friends might know, like word of mouth stuff. I think, I think leveraging social media is important too. Like, I don't think you can really, I mean, if you want to completely ignore like TikTok and stuff, like hopefully you have, like know some friends who ha- are on there, but I think you have to use social media to some extent. That's why I started doing like the covers on my Instagram channel because mm-hmm. people, people liked the covers. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I think just figuring out like, just how to like, I guess like, yeah, how best to leverage the platforms and playing to like whichever ones you like. And yeah. Cause you don't want to be just forcing yourself to do, do shit you don't like for marketing, but
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Okay. The social media things, crazy like even like even like pictures aside for like if a guy wanted to do like a cover art like a cover song I feel like it wouldn't gain that as as much attention unless you're like kind of have like a Sam Smith type vibe versus if you're a female artist why do you think that is
1: I think it really just comes down to if, if you're a cute guy because I've seen I've seen some really <laughs> cute guys with really awful voices blowing up on Instagram so <laughs> I hmm. think it's I mean I think that's part of why like I mean maybe I have a biased view because TikTok just shows me stuff that I've seen before but I feel like it's I feel like Instagram is hard I was talking to my friend about this because I feel like it's very much focused on like appearances like on Instagram like on I guess on TikTok it might be focused on something else like cool cool tricks or whatever but on, at least on Instagram like the people I see blowing up with their covers are just like attractive people singing
0: <laughs> but yeah can people get like signed from covers or is that more just like they like the attention of people seeing them sing? like do people have an overall goal when they usually are doing covers
1: i've seen people blow up from covers mostly i think it happened on youtube though i think there's like a funnel where you sometimes people pick you up for like tv shows from there like the voice or whatever um and then from there, you can get, like, a record deal from that. But, I mean, there's definitely been a ton of, like, people who started out, even, like, Justin Bieber, like, doing covers on things yeah. and then blowing up. Um, I think now Instagram has, and, like, TikTok, you see people on there who I've seen, like, blowing up with their covers. But I think YouTube's on a still kind of where it's at for that.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the guy version of a cover song is, like, a remix, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I need to find some good remixers for my songs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what is your opinion on TikTok though? Like I feel just from listening to other artists and I feel like TikTok's such a weird thing because you don't really have to have that much talent to like lip sync, but that's from like an outside perspective because I'm not really on it.
1: But yeah,
0: I feel like that's so weird because the reason why I was able to be so successful in it, I don't know. I don't know if it's still owned by China or not but like China has like no copyright laws so the reason why a lot of people are able to blow up because they can just lip sing over songs but if Microsoft whoever ends up buying it that would kind of change the game with that
1: yeah I think um yeah TikTok is a weird I feel like it's like a weird corner of the internet the thing that's funny about TikTok is like the algorithm it just shows you whatever you want to see so like I'll talk to my friends about TikTok and they'll be like all your thoughts about what you're saying are completely different like i don't see any of these videos cuz it'll just show you what you like so like if you're someone who like likes dog videos like you could go on tiktok and be like this is just like dog mecca like everything everyone is a dog on tiktok and then if you like me when i go on i just see like a bunch of cover artists and people just like there's a lot of people who just like scream i've noticed like a lot of like the tiktok videos that go viral are people being like watch me hit this high note and then they just like scream into the thing like it's a lot of like i feel like shock value excitement. um but yeah, I think something that's kind of weird is like, I feel like <laughs> there's so many of these, like, like that hype house community and like that, that's like become a thing that really wasn't a thing before TikTok, especially just like being in LA right now. Like I, I saw one of these like hype house parties, like going down in LA in Beverly Hills. And I was just like, what is our world coming to Like, this is so weird. There's all these like 13 year olds with Lamborghinis. Like, no one, you guys don't even have any driver's licenses. Like what is going on? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's weird, that's, yeah, it's so weird. So with your music, do you get more inspiration from just every place you're at or like is there like a certain city that you've gained most of your like inspiration from cuz you were in Seattle for a big portion of your life if I'm correct. So do you get a lot of inspiration from there but or after moving out of Seattle is it just just traveling that gives you most of your inspiration now?
1: yeah I'd say all the songs are about people and the people just happen to be in the cities. so I named them after the cities um, but yeah I always I always write my songs about like as like they're always like letters like they're always things that I want to say because I feel like that keeps me like honest when I'm writing them is if if I, I like, so like, I'll read over the lyrics and I'll be like, okay, if I sent this as a letter to this person, like, would this make logical sense? or Would they be like, what is this about? So I try to, I try, that's what kind of keeps me honest in my songwriting. And yeah, I did travel a lot. I was living in London, Barcelona, Medellin in Colombia, then New York, Seattle, I guess now on this couch in LA, but (laughs) I don't know if I'd count that, but I feel like everywhere I went, like, I kind of felt like I was a different, is almost like a different, I felt like almost like living a different life, like you become somebody else. And then those relationships I made when I was in these places, like romantic and non-romantic, like those are kind of what inspired the songs.
0: Hmm. So when you first moved out of Seattle, can people tell that you're from Seattle? Like Do we have an accent or anything like that that people pick up?
1: Yeah, people always tell me I have an accent, but like an accent from like, like, like the actors in like Fargo, like the movie, like they always are like, why do you say like dragon and like bagel? So I don't I don't don't know know know. if I have a Seattle accent or this is just my own my own thing.
0: Dang, that's so crazy. They they sound like someone from Fargo. (laughs) Damn, (laughs) that movie was hilarious.
1: Yeah, I love that. I watched it again the other night.
0: You're talking about the wood chipper one, right? Yeah. Or the yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's such a weird <laughs> film.
0: <laughs> yeah. So someone that I noticed that you mentioned in your um, press releases is Masao. So how do you know Ma- Masao? Oh, Masao? Yeah, is it Masao? Is that how you pronounce it? I just call him Masao. I'm terrible at his <laughs> names.
1: Yeah, he just lets uh, me call him that. Yeah, Masao. <laughs> um, he has like a ground ground zero radio, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I met Masao through like a friend of a friend and... Um, they were like, he's like, he's a manager in the industry. Like you should talk to him. And I thought it would be like one of those, like one time, like coffee conversations, but he's really become like a mentor to me. And he's just someone who's like, I feel like he's like, he's such a giver and he really just wants to like help out artists, which is just like so nice. Like he's always there whenever I have a question about anything, he'll, he'll give me his honest opinion about things. And, um, yeah, I have an in-studio, um, with Ground Zero Radio coming out. think in like two weeks so that's exciting they just moved into the bear project and it's it's really cool
0: yeah how do you know (laughs) I don't even remember how I met him it was back in like December or something maybe he just reached out to me over Instagram but then like I um met him in the studio and then like the next week or something I did like three interviews there just back to back to back and um then we've just stayed in contact and yeah, he's just—I rare I don't even really know how I met him, though. But he's just a really crazy nice guy. Yeah, he's
1: just like the nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome what he's doing with, um, with like the radio station because,
0: yeah, I mean there
1: were so many programs in place, and I think they're still in place. Like when I was like growing up in Seattle, like there was like Sound Off and like More Music at the More, and like all of these things, and some radio stations out in like Bellevue that were kind of making a community for like youth and the arts, but. I don't know if they still exist, but, like, I know, like, what Masao is doing. Like, he's definitely, like, he's going to keep it going. So it's nice to see. Mm-hmm.
0: That's crazy. That's his name?
1: Yeah. Is Masao? <laughs> I like, Masao. Masao? I was like, <laughs> who's that? I was like.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name. It's, like, I think, I think it's
1: Yamada. I don't know. <laughs> We're just, like, butchering his name out here. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, he introduced me to, do you know who Marshall Law is?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went and saw him live. Like
0: a benefit concert like last last year okay yeah 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 that's um yeah masao introduced me to martial law and then we did an interview like three months like right when Chaz and chop ended because they like became like the house band for that mm. and then um they have like a new project coming out that's based around this whole george floyd thing and it has like a lot of traction behind it so that's exciting to see that come out it comes out like this friday whatever oh. Friday is the 25th or something that's
1: exciting <laughs> yeah
0: I'm terrible with dates
1: yeah I, I am too I, I I it always happens that like the release for something that I'm doing is, is like approaching like my music video comes out in like two days and I'll just completely lose track of time and then my manager will be like yo this is dropping like tomorrow like did you remember and I'm like what <laughs> but yeah time just flies especially in quarantine like you just kind of like lose track of like where where you are what's going on
0: Mm -hmm. so a lot of your press releases it says you're like a new york artist from seattle and what i've noticed from a lot of artists don't like tell me to name someone because i'm I'm terrible at just remembering names off the top of my head but what i've noticed with a lot of artists that do blow up they don't really claim seattle like whether you know it right now or not like down the road you'll be like oh shoot that person's actually from seattle (laughs) once they have like a wikipedia page or whatever it is you know why do you think that is
1: I think people just like to be associated with like New York and like Los Angeles, probably Nashville. Um, I've always thought that it's, no, that's totally true. Cause like today I was like, yeah, I was doing some interview and they were like, who do you want to like collaborate with from Seattle? And I was like, and I was like listing off names and then I was like, are they from Seattle? Like, cause like everyone, yeah, everyone starts to claim. I was like, or are they LA? Cause I feel like everyone's like says they're like in LA. Um, But I've always thought it's cool to claim Seattle, maybe just like having been in a grunge band, because like, I mean, Seattle's still like going to forever be like the grunge city. So I always thought that that was kind of badass to be from Seattle. Um, But and I feel like also just like New Yorkers are so different. Like I learned that living in New York Like people who are from New York, that's a whole different like breed of animal, like (laughs) people who are from Seattle. Um, But yeah, I think it's I I wonder what's going to happen to Seattle's music scene, because I mean, it's obviously it's one of the music cities i don't think anyone would deny that like there's been so much great music that's come out of seattle but i feel like it's i feel like it's hard to live up to like its heyday back when there was like Jimi hendrix and all that like i feel like it feels like it's kind of like i don't know like whereas la is forever just like on top like seattle i feel like i don't know i just i hope it doesn't like fade out i don't i don't think it ever will but like i think people who are from Seattle, like, we got to put an effort to make a community around the music scene there. Because if there's no community, that's why people leave. And I've definitely heard other artists in Seattle, like, complaining about that, like, there's not enough community, there's not enough of, like, the artists supporting each other. And that's why people leave and go to, like, LA or somewhere else. So I think, yeah, I think the people who are from Seattle need to, like, put an effort to, like, bring up the other artists around them.
0: Mm -hmm. A lot of artists definitely, like, butt heads in Seattle. So there's not really a lot of media outlets also, which makes it hard versus when there was like an MTV and all that helping with like Pearl jam and all that, but we don't really have mm-hmm. a media outlet like that. So I'm doing what I can and there's other little podcasts doing what they can. Yeah. So. I
1: mean, it's great. Yeah. No, I think it's great that you're doing this. I think everything, I think everything helps. And like, even like, I mean, I was so excited when I met Scarlett Park and she has like Park Ave going on. And cause it was just so refreshing to see like other people who are like Yeah, just like supporting each other within the music scene, and I remember like when I threw that benefit concert the first time. Like, what some of the art latest artists afterwards, they were like, you know, it's really nice you like put this on because like no one in the Seattle music scene's ever reached out to me like other artists, and I've been here for like years doing this. So I mean, yeah even if you even those artists who leave and I mean there's been so many artists from Seattle who have blown up gone to LA whatever I think like coming back to Seattle and like when they are in Seattle like paying attention to who's still in Seattle and like reaching out to people and trying to like shout out other people because there are artists in Seattle who have blown up there's artists who are doing really well who aren't like claiming Seattle necessarily and I think that if if there's more community it would do a lot for everyone
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be another word that people need to make up versus blown up. I feel like it's such a used word. I use it too. I just don't know what else to use.
1: Yeah, <laughs> catapulted, shot off. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> all the other yeah, some, yeah. something rockets launching.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So, do you tap into the Seattle culture and music scene still? And and but you've also been to like New York, like you said. So, do you tap in with both local scenes, or do you focus on local scenes at all? Yeah,
1: I mean. I kind of, like, I kind of feel like I slept on music while I was in New York because I was in business school and I just, I didn't really know what to do with myself because my band was still together, but everybody was broken up. So I kind of took, like, a hiatus for, like, four years when I was in New York. Um, And, I mean, I did stuff while I was there. Like, I opened for Social House, which was, like, incredible, like, right before I left. But it was, it was a lot of, like, one-off, like, concerts that I was doing out in New York and... So that's why I feel like I've definitely been more in touch with like the Seattle community. Um, Cause I mean, I, yeah, I grew up singing on like Travis Thompson's tracks and like uh, Adam Nystrom. And like, when I came back, um, I like Pete Cruz, I sang on some of his songs, him and Campana are like my really good friends. So I feel like I've definitely like my music community is definitely in Seattle, not necessarily over in New York, but I still have a lot of friends who are doing music out in New York too.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you think it's pretty common and reasonable for people to have to leave Seattle to make a name for themselves? Or do you think it's possible to stay in Seattle and make a name for yourself?
1: I think it's definitely possible to stay in Seattle. I feel like there's a ton of artists who have already done that. Um, But yeah, it's definitely hard. Um, But I think it's also hard to make it in anywhere else. Because I mean, if you're in LA, you have to compete with everyone. And I mean, if you're in Seattle, at least it's kind of easier to make a name for yourself than if you're in a city with like, a, like millions of other artists. So I think honestly, it's just kind of hard wherever you go. I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to leave necessarily though. And I mean, like, especially with like how big streaming is and everything, like there's artists who don't even play shows who've blown up. Um, I feel like you could kind of make it anywhere, but it's also hard anywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Cause there's no really like cookie cutter answer for how to make it in whatever genre music you are or in media in general. It's just it's not luck of the draw it's just like working as hard as you can and making the right connections basically but you can't just be like if you do these exact steps you're gonna get somewhere because that's not the case really it's just everyone's journey is different
1: yeah that's so true and i feel like so many i don't know i feel like some people underestimate like what it takes because i mean there are people who like get lucky and like they'll drop something out of nowhere and it'll, like blow up on TikTok or whatever. But like, I feel like the vast majority of people, like it's such a grind. And like, like, I mean, I was just so impressed, honestly, when I came back from New York, because like I said, I kind of took off like four years and I came back and like all the people who were like, had been on that grind with me before, like playing those shows every weekend. And like, they were all still there doing it. And I was like, wow, you guys like, you guys really inspire me. Like, and I think that's like, especially when you're not like, like when you're not like at, on like all the, rag- all the radio stations and you're still like in your basement, like making beats with everyone else. Like it's, it, it gets exhausting. And I mean, people do get exhausted. My friends lovely, like be like, I think this is the year like things are gonna start happening. Um, but I think really what it takes is you just have to have like a deep, just kind of like a deep belief that this is like, this is who you are, like you're an artist. And like, no matter how, if people are believing in what you're doing or not, like you're gonna keep doing it because I think it's easy to like, you can drop a song and people might not like it. And then you think, okay, like, this isn't for me like and maybe the song is actually trash but like i think if you have like a belief deep down that this is for you then you realize that like you aren't that song like you can you can grow from where where you are wherever you are in, in your music career and i guess that was like a big thing for me because I, I remember thinking back like back when i was doing like the rock stuff and i mean it didn't it didn't get like super big it was it was very much like a seattle rock band i was in Um, And I remember thinking like, I guess it's not like, this isn't for me. Like music just isn't for me. Like I'm just going to go to like business school and like, whatever, like whatever happens happens. (laughs) And then I came back and I just like saw all my friends still grinding at it. And I was like, no, like I can, I I just need to work harder at it. Like it's, it's not something that like everyone goes at different speeds and like, it's not something for some people that just happens overnight or over a couple of years. Like everyone's path is just so different. You just got to, stick with it long enough to give yourself a chance I feel like and that's the artist thing Mm -hmm.
0: do you think it's important for artists to maybe have a traveling background do you think that can open up their mind and teach them new ideas or do you think if you just stay in Seattle or New York or LA just put your head to the ground and work and go to the studio every day it'll pay off just as equally
1: probably pay off more honestly I think traveling was a giant distraction but like I had a great time and it definitely like <laughs> I just like thinking back to like myself like chilling on like a beach in like Mexico like I definitely wasn't doing anything for my music career I mean I'm glad I, I wrote some songs about it afterwards but I think it's probably better just to stay put and put your head down and work um but no yeah you gotta have fun with things too And I mean, I think traveling, what it does is it gives you perspective. I mean, at least for me, traveling and like living in other places, it it made me realize that I could kind of reinvent myself because I had this idea of who I was back in high school, which was like the first time I left like the U.S. And I went and lived in Spain for a bit. And when I went to Spain, I realized like I had this very fixed idea. Like this is exactly who I am. And like I can't really change this, like this kind of fixed mindset about things. And after I went there, like I just completely changed. I mean – I didn't speak, I was was like speaking new language. I felt like I was someone completely different when I was over there. And it just kind of made me realize like at any point you can just kind of pick up from who you were or what you were doing and just kind of reinvent yourself. Like you're never stuck. If you don't like who you are, you can change. Or if you like who you are, you can do something else with yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think it's important because you're a pop artist to connect with other pop artists, whether it's in Seattle or wherever? Like the first pop artist I think of in Seattle is like Rents, you know? Mm I, do you think it's important to connect with people like that
1: i've been trying to connect with the rents i think he's awesome i would yeah. love to do a song with him um i just don't know how to connect with him because i can't like i don't know he's he's gotten kind of big on social media but i've been trying to
0: just email his man his manager is so nice yeah
1: just
0: shoot him an email
1: okay okay, okay. <laughs> i'm gonna send him this podcast i'm gonna be like hello he's <laughs> talking about you um but yeah no i think that is important and like i don't even think there's not like a huge pop scene necessarily in seattle like i think like dempsey hope i think is from seattle and he's doing pop music um and I, really, yeah,
0: like... I have an interview with him soon that's
1: exciting oh too. awesome okay you can mention <laughs> me i i really like his music and i mean there's a lot of pop artists who are like from seattle connecting with people has been i think it is hard though i mean something that always came up like i mean you don't think about this but like when you're a woman in music it's kind of hard to get it's I mean it's not a boys club but like it's harder to connect with these people because you don't really you're not like hanging out with them like your friend squad they might be completely different and like that was something that came up a lot back when I was especially like in rock like all the other rock bands were guys and so they'd all like play together like they'd all hang out after the shows and they'd become friends and collab on each other's tracks and I always just kind of felt out of place just being like this like Asian like girl Um, and I guess that's kind of like even kind of, like, in, like, the hip-hop community, like, collaborating on tracks, like, there's a lot of times where I felt like people were, like, they didn't take me seriously, or they'd be, like, she can sing on it, but, like, we're not going to give her a cut of the royalties, like, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly, like,
1: it's, like, it's, like, I wasn't, like, seen as, like, on their level, just because I was, like, I was just different than them, and I think it's kind of, like, it's been kind of the same with, like, trying to get in with, like, even, like, the pop stuff, because, I mean, there's just, like, at the end of the day, like there's just not as many women in music and you, people don't even think about that. But like I did my like whole i such a dork. I did like a whole study on like the Billboard Hot 100, like the top 10 songs over the past like three years for like my college, like end of college thing. And it was like there were um, it was like less than 20 percent of all the artists were women. So that's like about like one in five. And then there were no Asian female artists at all represented. And so, I mean, there's still a lot of inequality especially like in 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 popular music but I don't think people really think about how it plays into like the dynamics but it definitely makes it harder to connect with people like when you're when you're a bit different
0: did you look into whether it's because they're not submitting music or is it they're submitting the music and the judges or whoever chooses who actually wins the award just doesn't like their music they're submitting or how does it get broken, broken down? Yeah,
1: man, it's probably so hard. I mean, like, so yeah, I was looking at the Billboard Hot 100. So I guess to get on the Billboard Hot 100, there's a billion steps before that. I think part of the problem is, like, I think it, there's a couple different things playing into it. I think part of it's just, like, represent well, I think part of it starts with, like, those stereotypes, like I was talking about. Like, I think when people have certain stereotypes, like, if you're, like, an Asian woman in pop, like, I think part of it's, like, people think, like, this doesn't work. Like, when I was in rock, I definitely felt that way, where I was, like, the mass Master- like, the entertainment industry doesn't understand what I'm doing. Like, they were like, you are, like, three Asian women in grunge music. Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why? that's not marketable. They were like, why don't you do K-pop or J-pop? Like, I literally had, like, music industry people telling me, like, go to Japan. And I was like, that's, like, totally not what I'm doing. So, if people don't get it, I think, partially. I think partially also. That's so
0: also- racist. So racist. Did did you think, did you think about about is that that's racist.
1: That's racist <laughs> yeah, no, it was super racist. But, I mean, like, I think it's just because, like, the industry has these stereotypes. And, like, when I was looking into the Billboard Hot 100, and reading things about race and how it plays into it, people were saying, like, even with, like, Bruno Mars, like, they people didn't know what to do with him because he's, like, a mixed-race artist. And they were, like, what can he do? Because they have, like, the music industry has these profiles for people and they're, like, okay, you're, like, African-American. Like, let's put you in, like, rapper hip-hop. Like, you're, like, a white girl. Let's put you in pop. Like, they have these stereotypes of, like, things they think are going to work. And they want people to fit into these categories. So if you're an artist who doesn't, like, fit – into a category and there's no precedent of like someone who's had success doing what you've done, then people don't know what to do with you. So I think part of it's that. I think part of it's like the stereotypes. And then I think part of it's probably just kind of like that community. Like the, when I was in New York city, working at all these like major record labels, like you'll notice it's just a very like white male dominated industry. And I think that definitely plays into it. Cause I think certain people just don't get what you're doing, especially if like everyone is like, an old white guy, they're not going to understand what you're doing. If you're doing something that they don't get. And so I think there's a lot of things that are kind of playing into that dynamic of why you're seeing this like, kind of like misrepresentation in the music industry.
0: You know, this might be, this st- be stereotyping. I feel like women artists or female artists, that's yes, female artists, not woman artist, <laughs> not even proper grammar. But um, what I've noticed with the ones that I've worked with is they usually have better marketing and business skills versus like if you're a rapper you just drop your stuff on SoundCloud or wherever but I feel like they realize that there's a bigger barrier they have to cross so like I just interviewed this was a few months ago but like I interviewed this girl named Lexi Lalani Lalani yeah Lexi Lalani and um her manager was like going to business school just so she can help with managing better things like that like I don't know if I know a ton of Male artists whose managers are trying to go to business school <laughs> so they can help their artists better.
1: Yeah, no, I think it, you definitely. I feel like you, there's definitely like a vibe that you have to over overcompensate because I mean, I just I was like I said, like before I did pop music, I was doing rock music for like ten years, and I'm only like twenty two. I literally was like I started when I was like twelve, and by the time I like kind of gave up on that dream, I had there had been so many people who tried to like screw me over, or like promise me fake stuff because in the music industry, there's always these people. These like people who, like these guys are come in and they're like, okay, I'm going to make you a star. Like, just like give me X amount of dollars. And like, I think you have a lot of potential, like we're going to switch everything up, whatever. I've heard that feel so many times. So I was like, I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to go to New York city, like where everything's happening. And I'm just going to figure it out for myself. And that's actually how I met my manager. Cause she was kind of doing the same thing where she'd been kind of screwed over a lot. And she, we both met at, we were both um, working at Sony music together in A&R and she was the same age. as me. We actually went to this college together and i just really vibed with her because she i we both had like such a similar mindset about things and um and she was like let's like she was like she's like i don't know any more than you but like let's figure it out for ourselves like let's go read these giant ass textbooks on like the music industry, like all like all these books, like get into the weeds and like learn everything for ourselves, even though we're like young and neither of us really knows what we're doing. And we're going to like try and do this together. And I was like, I was like, honestly, let's do it. And I mean, it's been so scrappy, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like when you're a woman, a woman of color, minority woman, like in the music industry, like you really, you learn to overcompensate for things and you learn to like that you have to figure stuff out for yourself. Cause nobody's just going to hand you stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. So are there things that you've learned through your childhood in music or do you kind of just scrap all that? And just when you got to business school, that's where you just reevaluated how to run your music career.
1: I think both. Cause when, I mean, all those things that you read about in the textbooks, they have no context if you don't know how it actually plays out. So it was like reading the things in the textbook and then applying it, but it's not even really the textbook. I mean, that'll give you like the legal rights and it'll teach you like, okay, you, this is what you need on a split sheet to make it like legally binding. But I think most of it I learned from watching other artists and I met a lot of artists who were super smart. Like, honestly, artists are like the smartest people I've ever met. Like the ones who are actually making in the industry. Cause you have to be so scrappy and so smart to figure it out. And I talked with a lot of people who were like a lot more successful than me in music. And like, I was like, how did, like, how did you do what you do? And I mean, part of it, I think is just having a good mindset. And part of it's just being like, these people are really relentless with what they do. Um, I met some guy who now has like, he's like blown up and he has like millions of streams and he would like go on Tinder every day and he'd like message like 200 people and like keep conversations going with them and like market his music that way, which is like very odd. But like, it's just like, it's pretty scrappy. Like the people I met who are doing, who were like making it, like they were just very relentless with, with what they were doing. And they had just like that belief in themselves that regardless of people who didn't like fuck with their music and what they were putting out they knew that they could get there if they just kept going with it
0: so when you started out as a child in music I'm not, oh how old are you i'm out? 22 I, I feel like i'm using no like when you were when you started I was like year, 12 <laughs> 12 so i guess child is the right word i'm just using all the wrong words right now or maybe that is the right word child kid so <laughs> <whatever>. <laughs> do you feel like because i have a second podcast also it's called the BBC podcast. stands for Blake Burton and Brian Barnett Conspiracies. <laughs> and we just did an episode called, like, the masks we wear. And one part that we focused on was, like, if your parents are telling you you're never going to be anything or you're stupid or whatever, that kind of carries on with you into your adult life. Like, it's just whether you realize it or not, it might be that, like, that conscious in the back of your head saying, you're not going to do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Do you feel like, being screwed over in however way in your childhood with music, does that correlate to your music nowadays or do you feel pretty confident in what you're doing? I
1: think, I mean, and the the funny thing is I really wasn't screwed over at all in music. I mean, like there were times like with like the thing where people didn't get what we were doing, but like overall, like I felt very fortunate with the stuff that I did with Bleach Bear. I mean, we were playing with all these bands that I always looked up to like Lulu's and Deep Sea Diver and Hey Marseille and Aaron Jones in the way, like all these, all these, I think I accomplished everything I wanted to do with it. It was just that we didn't, I mean, we didn't like blow up on like a mass scale. Like we weren't like on, like on national radio. We weren't like getting a record deal. Um, and I guess I don't even, I guess I think back then I was I was too young to realize that that's not the end goal. Like I was thinking to myself, like, that's why we're doing this. Like To me, like the end all be all was like you do music because you want to get on like you want to get a record deal. It's like the record deal was like the thing. And I mean, I was like we were like in high school. Like We had no idea like how you'd even go about getting a record deal. And I mean, there's not like and there wasn't like any we had no manager, no publicist, like nothing. No one else involved who knew anything about the music industry. My parents don't are not in the music industry. They don't know anything about it. Um, So to me, it felt like a failure, like after all these, after all this time, like we're not getting a record deal. But then I, I realized, like after like spending so much time away from it, I realized that's not that's not what it's about. Like, you don't have to do that. It's about making music that that you think is amazing. And it's about connecting with people. There's all these other reasons why you would do it. And so that's kind of why I went back to it. I mean, I think I was kind of I mean, there's definitely there's definitely things that I came to understand when I got older, looking back where I was like, that was kind of messed up. Like, why did, like, I guess the things I told you about, like like getting cut out of splits and like being like discriminated against that. I couldn't tell when I was in high school, I didn't know what it was. And then as I got older and I realized that's what was going on. And then as I started to learn more about the industry in general and kind of seeing behind, like kind of like the back end of it and realizing like, these are issues that I saw on a very small scale in Seattle that are a massive scale, like the inequality of representation and like the sexism, all of these things are, these are huge issues. Um, and then that kind of, I mean, that, I guess that's what I carried with me, just being that kind of knowledge. And that's kind of like with what I'm doing now, I, I think it's really messed up that there's not like, there's, there's hardly any like Asian American women in the music industry. And I was like, I wanna fight for that. And I wanna, I want there to be greater representation for that. So I guess that's kind of inspired what I've done. Um, yeah.
0: So how do you know your worth when it comes to an artist as a person, American, Af- I mean, not African American, Asian American?
1: Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's hard. I think, I think you just have to have like this deep belief deep down. And I guess part of how I figured out that I felt like it was like, this is who I am. This is like what I have to be doing is because I tried other things and I just was so bad at it. And I just, <laughs> I was just like so miserable. Like I tried like working and like just like working like on like, I don't know, like in finance and stuff like that. And I was just like, so miserable. And I was like, this is not, this is, I mean, it's always been my dream to be an artist. Like I, in my like fifth grade interview, I, they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a rock star. So I feel like there's, I think you kind of got to go back to those childhood dreams sometimes. And I feel like no matter what people tell you, you, you can always, you can always improve. You can always improve the music you're making And everyone has such different opinions on things too. So you can't take anyone's opinion too seriously. Um, But yeah, you have to learn to tune out everyone, which is of course very hard to do. And it gets harder, the bigger you get, I assume, because there's just more people who have opinions on what you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. So what are your goals with your music right now? Like, are you signed or are you trying to be independent or?
1: Yeah. um, I don't really have an opinion on like the signed independent. I mean, I'm, I'm currently an independent artist. I, I mean, having worked at a label, like I can see the pros and the cons of it. I mean, there's definitely like some kind of, you could definitely have to watch out for getting scammed and like bad label deals have definitely like ruined artists. Um, but I mean, at the same time, a label can give you exposure and resources that you couldn't have otherwise. So I think it really just comes down to kind of like the deal that you're making and like the people behind that deal and what they're going to give you.
0: hmm what have you learned from like being part of different record labels? Cause you like worked for a few of them.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. I mean, like talking to different like managers and I mean, with, with the labels, like they, every artist has a different experience because there's artists that they're going to favor. There's artists that are going to get a terrible deal. I think it really comes down to kind of where you are, in your music career. And like, can this deal actually help you? Or is this gonna hold you back? And also comes down to like the kind of artist you are. Like if you want complete freedom over what you're doing or if you want someone more to kind of like hold your hand and like, and everyone breaks such different deals too. Like the, I think part of it though is like by the time that you get to a label your hope is that you've already you've already figured out what works for you, who you are as an artist so that you don't get swept away and like whitewashed by the label you don't go in there and just become like their they're like puppet and you lose yourself and who you are as an artist I think the the artists at least from my experience watching them who did really well were artists who already knew exactly who they were what they were doing and what they wanted out of this deal so that they could just kind of use the label rather than the label using them yeah
0: mm-hmm. it's also probably like important to know like the lingo just like you can like relate being signed by to a label just like going to like a car dealership or a car shop and you need to get your car fixed, they might be like, Oh, you actually need, this is wrong. Your (laughs) steering wheel is not working now. Oh, your left bumper is broken or whatever. I feel like they can do the exact same thing with you at at a record label.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's what, that's where the textbooks come into play or or at least a good, a good manager.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So overall, you feel like your experience as a starting out, and like a band was positive you don't see any di- downsides from that because like when I've this is like a terrible example but you know like Macaulay Culkin that's he had he had so much popularity behind him but I feel like starting out young can either be very beneficial or very negative depending on who you associate with, yourself with and everything like that like do you feel like the music scene when you first started out was very supportive of you
1: I think people in, in general, yeah, they were they were pretty supportive. I think they were, thought we were really cute. I mean, it was me, my sister, and my cousin. And we're all like wearing like matching t-shirts with like a bear spray painted on it. Um, and I mean, those are going to be some of the best memories I have. I mean, they still are just like those like, I mean, it was so like, gr- I don't know, if gritty. Gritty is probably not the right word. It wasn't gritty, but like just like, I mean, you drive out like my memories of these shows are like me, Or is like us practicing like 20 hours a day for like a week in like our basement and then like hauling all of our equipment, like having to beg all my friends over text to like come out to the show, like having to send like 100 text messages to get people to show up and then um, just like having to wait, like watch all these people perform for like five hours at these venues. Like it was it was just so like it was like it got exhausting. But like now I miss that because I haven't done that in so long. And it's kind of, it's, like, almost like a lifestyle, I feel like, being in, like, an underground band. <laughs> but, nice. yeah.
0: Did, did you feel like, because a lot of, like, up-and-coming artists have to do is, like, make sure they're very deeply rooted into, like, whatever scene they're in, like, because we're part of the Seattle scene. Like, a lot of Seattle artists feel like they have to be very deep-rooted into that, whether it's going to their own concerts, setting up their own concerts, or going to other people's concerts. Did you feel like you had to go that route, or because you moved away, you didn't really have to experience... Connection with all these specific artists you said you did perform almost week every weekend but did that mean you had to actually connect with everyone there
1: or yeah I feel like I did just... connect with a lot of people um I guess the people I I feel like they were they were all a lot older than us and a lot of them are like now like off doing different things like I think I mentioned like like deep sea divers sisters like laloo's um Like a lot of these and a lot of bands that I can't remember the names of now that because I mean so many bands like they came and then they went like I think we did sound off in like was it 2016, 2015. So we were doing sound off like back when it was like Naked Giants year and stuff like it was it felt like a long time ago. (laughs) And a lot of those bands I think have dissolved since but like I, I felt really in touch. Yeah, with like everyone in that scene. Um, and then when I came back, the scene was just it, a lot of had change. It was a lot of new people.
0: For sure. So overall with this whole pandemic, what do you think has, have you, do you feel like you've changed at all? And if so, in what ways?
1: Yeah, I think, I think for me, the pandemic made me slow down. And I honestly can't say that I'm sure that these songs would even come down, come out if it weren't for the pandemic. Cause the pandemic just like, I think it's so easy to get swept off, swept up in what you're, what you're doing and at the time I was just living in New York just kind of like not doing music and I mean I feel like that could have been the path I went down but then the pandemic hit and I came back to Seattle and I didn't know what to do with myself and I was like I should go back to music like I that's like that's what I actually love and I just kind of forgot (laughs) for like a bit and so I mean I think it made me stop and think and realize like this is really what I want and I feel like now now I'm in a point where I'm like super excited about like what like all the collaborations that I can do in the future and like all the music that's going to come out and just trying to I guess steer the ship because my life was really going in a completely different direction to be honest and then I just I released these songs and I was like this I like forgot how much I loved it and I was like okay now I need to like all like I need to really I mean there's a lot of un like un, un un like loose ends I guess in New York Like all my stuff is still in a in an apartment like storage unit in New York City like my guitars are over there I need to like go get everything because I don't even want to go back to New York now so um yeah it's just like a it's kind of like a freeze and like take a like a sharp right turn <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. so final question do you feel like crazy rich azins is the asian version of black panther as it did for the black community
1: (laughs) oh my gosh i'm so bad at movies i haven't even seen black panther which is horrifying (laughs) so um i'm not sure i've heard it's amazing though
0: Mm -hmm. because i feel like like you've mentioned on press releases and a lot of asian people have talked about it like how they felt like it was the first time they felt very like they were seen on screen really and then for Black Panther was like one of the first black superheroes. I'm pretty sure like there was like school field trips for that movie even. Yeah. So I feel like maybe that's their Black Panther.
1: Yeah. I guess the crazy, I mean, (laughs) it's true. I did see like, I remember in my, my like when I was watching that movie crazy, crazy rich Asians I remember seeing the characters kiss on screen and thinking I'm feeling really uncomfortable and I couldn't figure out why and then I realized it was because I'd never seen like two Asian people kiss in a movie before and so I was like that's weird I was like I shouldn't be reacting like this <laughs> but I think that's kind of why like representation is so important because it's it affects you subconsciously and I mean, I think that's kind of an issue with a lot of racism we have, too, is that it's a lot of a lot of it, I think, is I mean, well, a lot of it's just people being blatantly consciously racist. But a lot of it also, I think, is like subconsciously, like if we have these stereotypes in society and we have these like unspoken like standards that are created in part by like the music industry, the the film industry, like what people are seeing on screen they come to affect you in, in ways that you wouldn't even want. Like, I like, why would I feel uncomfortable seeing that scene? You know? So I think that's why it's so important that people like dig into, like dig into the artists you listen to, like, think about like what, like what you're seeing on screen and like challenge, like the, the stereotypes that are, that you're seeing and challenge the way the status quo and the way things are. And I think, yeah, it's, I think, I hope, I hope a lot more of that comes out of, comes in the coming years I think people are talking about it now which is great um and I do feel like as we've seen with the protests like I feel like I mean like change has taken way too long but at least like right now it like there's it feels like things are going to change hopefully (laughs) I think everyone's hoping for that so I hope that's one of the things that kind of comes out of it is like the representation in the music and the entertainment industry
0: yeah for sure well, what is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: I'd say you just have to just like, don't just like, don't listen to your like haters, I guess. Like I'm just thinking about like all the people. I know that sounds like so cheesy. I'm just thinking about all the people, people on, people on my social media, they love to comment on my jawline. Like just ignore people like that. <laughs>
0: What are some comments? I need Oh to my
1: god! Time. I like literally posted. I had my like first like viral video was I posted this video of me, my mom, and my grandma on like Mother's Day, like doing like the TikTok dance where it's like come come give me something and like it's like your arms like this, like it was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it hit like two million views, like it went viral because they were so obsessed with my jawline, like they couldn't get over it, and <laughs> and I was like I'm I'm out of here, like I'm off TikTok. <laughs> but like i i feel like that's it like i feel like i feel like the two things i would say that i think are really important are like you have to i guess three things like one you can't listen to people like yes you should take constructive criticism and like yes you should like listen yes you should listen to people but like at the end of the day like don't let it discourage you and then two like support your local community like we've been talking about like with seattle like i think that's so important to to support the artists around you because you're really not competing with each other like when one of you like w- when one person wins everyone's winning within the community so bringing up the artists around you and then i had a third point i don't even remember what it was i guess we'll we'll <laughs> go with uh um how about oh yeah don't just make music for the radio like you gotta you gotta stay true, yeah. Like yes yes market yourself but like you gotta come back to what the music that you love and like be true stay true to that
0: yes for sure well this is the Nas podcast with tiger lily (laughs) there we go